Well, good morning. <laughs> if you have a Bible with you this morning, pray that you do. I want to invite you to turn to John 15, our gospel reading this morning. We'll be looking, examining, studying uh, this paragraph of Scripture, verses 9 through 17 specifically. I want you to know contextually this morning that Jesus is in the final week of his life on earth. He has now washed the disciples' feet. He has had the Last Supper with them. And he's about to be crucified. And in chapters 14 through 17, John's gospel gives his disciples what is commonly called the farewell discourse. So that's where we are landing this morning in John 15. These are words that he is giving them as an encouragement for the mission that lies ahead as he prepares to leave them physically. And so, as I looked over these verses this morning, and this week, namely this week, because I write all my messages out before this morning, there was a word that just lifted off the pages of Scripture that just spoke to my heart. And illumined my eyes. I just, it just caught me. I never noticed it before. But it just spoke to me. And the word was friend. Friend. So if you notice verse 14, right? You are my what? Friends. If you do what I command. Verse 15. No longer do I call you servants. But I have called you friends. On Sunday evening, so this is last Sunday, I, I start early. When I know I'm going to preach, I just begin to ask God to speak to me right away. I want to know what he's going to do. And so on Sunday evening last week, I was pondering this friendship, and I was prompted by a tune that was a huge hit before I was even born. It became a number one hit by James Taylor. So some of you are going to go back. And the name of that song is You've Got a Friend. Some of you know it. And so I'm heading to church. Now it's Wednesday morning. And like every morning, I am taking my kids to school. I got Grace and Trinity. I'm taking them to DuBose. And when my kids are in the vehicle, um, I don't know if they're like yours, but they just take over the radio. The radio just becomes theirs. And so Grace happened to land on 102.5 that morning. I know. I'll repent after. You're like, not listening to Christian music. Um, I drop them off, and I'm heading down the road towards Central. And in truly Holy Spirit fashion, the DJ starts talking about James Taylor coming to North Charleston. And in a few weeks, and he asked the listening audience if they know his number one hit back in the early 70s. And a woman calls in and responds, you've got a friend. And then it just got even more crazier. They play the song on my way to church. And at this point, I have goosebumps all over my body, and I'm thinking if I look over into the passenger seat, Jesus is going to be there. 
In the song, if you know how it goes, it goes like this. When you're down and troubled and you need a helping hand and nothing is going right, close your eyes and think of me and soon I will be there to brighten up even your darkest nights. You just call out my name and you know wherever I am, I'll come running to see you again. Winter, spring, summer, fall, all you got to do is call. And I'll be there, you've got a friend. If you know the rest of it, people can be so cold. They'll hurt you. And they'll desert you. They'll take your soul if you let them. But you don't let them. Ain't it good to know what? You've got a friend. We long, don't we, as human beings, for someone who won't hurt us. Who won't desert us. We long to have someone in our lives that we can trust, that we can love, someone that we can be transparent with, share our wants, our desires, our dreams, who who will listen to the story of our lives, who will be there when the struggles of life become unbearable. And I know that some of you in this room, you are right there. As human beings, we long for friendship. And I'm here to proclaim to you this morning a message from God, and it is this. There is one who won't hurt you, and one who won't desert you, and his name is Jesus Christ. And so you may be asking as you sit there this morning, who are the friends of Christ? Am I His friend this morning? How do I know that I'm His friend? Well, answers lie before us here in this paragraph. Three words that describe this friendship. Let me give you all three and then we'll unpack each three of them. Number one, the foundation of this friendship. Number two, the focus of this friendship. And number three, you guessed it, the fullness of this friendship. Three F's, foundation, focus, fullness. Let's start with the foundation. Verse 16, look at it with me. You did not choose me, but I chose you. Theologically, this is where it all begins. Your friendship with Christ begins by divine appointment. In other words, you were sought by Christ, and you were bought by Christ, and you are found in Christ. We all, like sheep, have what? Gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own ways, but by the blood of Christ, you were sought and you were bought. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works. What? Why would Paul say that? Because someone in here may boast about it this morning. And he doesn't want that to happen. It's in Christ, bought by Christ. 
Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I was once what? Lost, but now I am saved. I was blind, but now I see. Amazing grace becomes amazing when you know that the foundation of this relationship began by divine appointment. But not only that, this isn't just divine appointment, but notice there is intimacy in this foundation of this relationship. Look at verse 15. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but now you are my what? You're my friends. So this is not a relationship of master-slave, but the intimacy of a friend. A friend is a confidant. A friend is one who makes known his or her dealings about what they're going to do from day in and day out, right? And that's exactly what Jesus is doing here. It's exactly what he's saying. I have called you friends for all that I have heard from my Father. What? I have made known to you. That's exactly what he's been doing in the Gospel of John. This is why the Father has sent me. This is the Father's will. And over and over, he has told his disciples, sharing with them all that the Father has discussed with him. And here he looks them in the eyes and he says, now you are my friends. Not only that, but notice verse 14. If you're my friend, part of the intimacy is what? It's obedience. It's obedience. That is where we were last week, right? Father Tripp, John 14, if you love me, you will what? Keep my commandments. You'll do what I say to do because you love me. Just a quick illustration. I, when I was younger... When I was a wee little boy, I trembled at thinking that I would disobey my parents. I trembled at that. And I trembled because I didn't want to disappoint them. Why? Because I was constrained by their love for me. I love them. Right? We should tremble that we wouldn't hurt those that we love. And so we obey. You dare not hurt someone you love, and this is the kind of love that Jesus says flows in our relationship one with another. The foundation of friendship. Secondly, the focus of this friendship. Verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. It should come of no surprise, is it this morning, that the focus of this friendship is L. O-V-E. Right? Love. And what constrains our love for Christ? I think verse 13 is the key. Right? Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for what? For his friends. We are moved to believe that someone loves us when two things appear, they stick with us over time, right? They stick with us. And they stick with us when it's costly. 
These are the two things I see here in this verse, right? Having loved us over the years, he has now loved us to the uttermost, to the depths of suffering on a Roman cross for you and for me. And this is what we long for, is it not? This morning, isn't, isn't this what constrains us to be here this morning? That is why we have faith in Christ, this experience of being loved with a love that lasts, a love that's not fickle, it's not uncertain, it's not capricious, but it's durable, it's constant, it's stable. But not only a love that's extensive, it's a love that lasts over time, all time. But also a love that's intensive, right? It's a love that loves you and I radically, deeply, excessively, passionately. This is where I love to speak to the young women in my youth group, right? Boys will hurt you. Christ will not. He will love you the way you ought to be loved. Young men, love like Christ. Husbands, love like Christ loves. Love your wife that way. Love her deeply, passionately. Anyone tries to harm her, you're going to die for her. You're going to go through me. That's Christ dying for his friends. And it is this love that motivates us to love each other, isn't it not? Because you may be sitting there like, I don't know how I can love other people because I know other people are just like me. (laughs) And how can I do that? Christ. It's all Christ. You can love people through Christ. To love each other here at St. Paul's. The foundation of friendship, the focus of friendship. Lastly, this is where we'll end today, the fullness of this friendship. And I I love where we're going to end. Just telling you right now, verse 11, these things I have spoken to you, that my what? Joy. (laughs) Joy may be in you and that your joy may be what? That's where I just circle that word, full, full. Not empty, not half full, full. Joy is one of the vital gauges on the dashboard of the Christian life. When the needle dips, you need to take note. If your soul is satisfied in Christ, you will rejoice in Christ. Take your eyes off Christ and you'll lose your joy. Christian joy is the barometer of your spiritual life. You need to know that this morning. And so joy, this is what it's not this morning. Let me be very clear what it's not. It is not painted smiles. Right? The clergy of St. Paul's does not want you to be fake. We don't want you just to be happy just to be happy. Right? It's just happy Charlie. (laughs) Just always smiling, you know, like you think something's wrong with him, right? He just lost a loved one. Why why is he like that? That's just weird. It's not fake. It's 
It's not painted smiles. Joy is not a slave to circumstances. It's not a slave to circumstances. That's why Paul could say, sorrowful, yet what? Always rejoicing. He's saying, it doesn't matter what's happening in my life. I'm always joyful. It's not humanly generated or conjured up, which is really important for us clergy, right? It's a byproduct of the Holy Spirit in us that delights in the glory of the triune God no matter what the circumstances. That's joy. Let me end on on this. Let me just encourage you this morning. And let me end on another song. (laughs) So this one came to mind as well. And it took me back to when I was a boy, young. I was in a Bible church in the Midwest in Illinois, standing between my mother and father, hand in hand. We were singing a song some of you may know, and it's called, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear, and what a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer.